0: The bell has rung. Welcome to another edition of the In Ring Reality Podcast live on our Facebook and YouTube pages. And of course, I am your host, Josh is here today to talk with you about last night's edition of AEW Dynamite, where FTR, formerly known as The Revival in WWE, has finally debuted for all the wrestling. So let's get in to how this all went down. As the show kicked off with the announcement that we were going to see Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks have a six-man tag team match against the team of Private Party and Joey Janela. All of the elite is backstage. Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page decide to go and have a beer in the hotel room on their own. They wished their friends good luck. Broken Matt Hardy starts to cut a promo saying, yes, I invited you here to document this historic moment. Yes, wonderful. Only to have the young bucks then declare, hey, Matt, we would very much like, you to have a different version of yourself for this match So my hearty says yeah I do what you're putting down And he goes and says hey you guys want to get extreme tonight And of course debuts or shows up in rather the edition that we're most familiar with him In lately when he left WWE just kind of like the older amalgamation of extreme Matt Hardy, only to have the unbucks say, Hey, can you turn back the clock a little bit further than even that? And Matt Hardy then comes back to them. This was all live by the way, or you know, in one shot. So I have no idea how many outfits Matt Hardy was wearing, but he must have been baking when they filmed this segment because the camera at least made it look like it was one shot. Now that I think back on it, that's probably a stupid thing to say because it probably wasn't one shot because Broken Matt Hardy, of course, has the hair. Regular Matt Hardy does not, even though that was kind of covered up by a little bit of a headpiece. But what we ended up getting was a version of Matt Hardy that looked very, very similar to when the Hardy Boys debuted in WWE where it was just Hardy in street clothes and kind of like an elite bandana. His headpiece was an elite piece. So we got an elite version of Matt Hardy. Does this mean that Matt Hardy is no longer just a friend of the elite, but actually after Double or Nothing, officially a part of the elite? I have not kept up with being elite because there's been so much actual wrestling to watch. As part of the host of this program, but I definitely need to go back and watch the last episode Because this could very well be something I miss But anyway, what does this have to do with the headline, the debut of FTR? Well, after the match, which the Young Bucks and my Hardy won The finish of the match saw one member of our private party I apologize, I can't remember which one it was, but one member looked like he tweaked his knee quite severely to cause Matt to go to the back and help the private party member because, remember, private party and the elite have a big respect thing going on. The Young Bucks brought in private party to AEW, so it's very much just a showcase match for all involved. So my hearty goes to the back to help the member of Private Party get checked out by the doctors. The Young Bucks then get jumped by the team of the Butcher and the Blade who are at ringside as part of the audience for this show after they accidentally get super kicked. So of course they're angry. So they're in the ring jumping the Young Bucks. After a couple of minutes to beat down. I mean, it was a pretty significant beat down where they were really selling like the young bucks were in trouble and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, here comes Eggman Page and Omega back. That's what's going to go down and Page is going to solidify. He continues to be 100% behind Hanya Lee, kind of a paint by number segment, but no. Instead what we hear is a pickup truck in the background sort of revving up and I'm like oh it's Cody in his truck because Cody a couple of weeks ago came in to dynamite with his truck but no actually what we got was and it took me a minute because I thought I saw what I saw at first but then I was like no and then as they came out of the truck I was like oh my god Yes, it is them. The former Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, Cash Wheeler and Dash Harwood, the former of The Revival, now known simply as FTR, which of course is their big trademark letters, which was made famous by being the elite and this subsequent behind the scenes war and dream that the Umbucks and the Revival have always had to work together. But anyway, they're, that's what they're now known as. They come through the crowd to look like they're going to beat down the Bucks. We're finally going to get the moment that everybody expects. Only to have them help the Bucks from being further beat down. And they hit the Saturn machine on the Butcher and the Blade. And then they stare down the Young Bucks, to end this opening segment. My God in heaven was this cool. This was awesome. This is exactly the way that FTR should have debuted. In a no-fans era where they can't get the pop, do something that's gonna pop the crowd big time at home and give them a big entrance like that because you know they don't have AEW music yet and they don't have previously independent music as a tag team so nothing from a traditional standpoint could have happened where we're like oh my god who is this so having it done this way was just absolutely brilliant and here's a little fun tidbit that I don't think any of the other wrestling podcasts will bring you when talking about this show today because I only know about it because I am a true wrestling historian. Yesterday's edition of Dynamite took place on May 27th, and back on May 27th, 1996, that was another historic day in professional wrestling when one Scott Hall, then known as Razor Ramon, walked through the crowd in a denim jacket and jeans on WCW Monday Nitro. Well, what happened on the very same network, on TNT in the States on May 27th, 2020, the Revival wore denim jacket and jeans. So I thought that was really cool as... They say, yeah, you know us from WWE, but now we're here in AEW. Of course, there won't be anything about, are we still working for WWE? They're not going to do that kind of a storyline, I'm sure, because they know that many AEW fans probably have already heard the episode of Talk. Is Jericho where they talked about their release, and most AEW fans are really... Deep into the sport Doing things like listening to Wrestling podcasts Like this one and things of that nature So they're not going to do Something where They say oh we're still With WWE and we're invading But it was a nice way To say hey This is where you guys knew us before Guys and gals rather Knew us before Now Here's what we're going to do in AEW, This was just great. Just great. One of the best debuts I've seen in a long time. I actually much prefer this to Matt Hardy's debut. Maybe it's because Daily's Place is an outdoor arena, so it feels more open, and maybe it's because they have figured out a way to social distance the talent that's not being used on the program and have them as part of the audience. Maybe that added to the atmosphere of the debut a little bit, but just everything about this worked. I cannot wait to see how FTR is going to be utilized next week on Dynamite, and just how quickly we are going to get the Unbox versus FTR. Now, My prediction is that won't happen until All Out. They're going to keep that plate spinning as long as they possibly can. So I don't think we'll see it on the smaller Fighter Fest show that will happen in between. All Out is basically the closest thing they have so far to WrestleMania. I don't see any other place for this match. But how they keep that plate spinning, which team is going to be a heel Are they both going to be faces? There's so much to work with here. And I am so, so very, very, very excited about this. Moving on, the next match saw Brian Cage, the winner of, of course, the casino ladder match on Saturday's Double or Nothing, where he got that casino chip, and will get the shot against John Moxley. He defeated a jobber by the name of Lee Johnson. We've seen him on the program a couple times. He did his job, made Brian Cage look really strong here. Taz then gets on the mic, continues to build up Brian Cage by saying, "John Moxley, you are, because Moxley, by the way, was at ringside for commentary, so I forgot to mention that. But he gets on the mic and addresses Moxley directly and says, "Moxley, you are truly the top star in this business. You are the AEW World Champion. You are the best." But at Fighter Fest, so that's when this match takes place. Will be at Fighter Fest. At Fighter Fest, Moxley, you are facing that. Talking about Brian Cage, you are facing something that you have never faced before and you are facing something that is something that is not in any way something that anyone can prepare for because he's such a unique talent. So this was really great mic work by Taz. Really already loving this pair, pairing between the two. I cannot wait to see what goes down between Brian Cage and John Moxley at fighter Fest and what the overall future is for Brian Cage. Next up, we had the new AEW Women's Champion, Akaro Shida, defeat Christy Janice, a new member of the AEW Women's Division in pretty decisive fashion, pretty decent showcase match for the new champion as she celebrates in the ring and submits that this is the start of her new era in AEW. Then we get Tony Schiavone interviewing the new first-ever TNT champion Cody. As Cody comes out, cuts a promo talking about how he wasn't the first Rhodes. Child, the one with all the roguesness, that was Dustin. He talked about how he's always been the underdog, how he was thrown into the ring with not even knowing how to properly hit the ropes when being thrown on TV. He talked about how he wasn't even Tony Khan's first call to establish all elite wrestling. But here he is as the TNT champion. And he is going to make the TNT Championship the standard bear in AEW. And that starts next week because from this moment forward, I am telling the world that every week here on Dynamite, the TNT Championship is going to be on the line with the TNT Championship Open Challenge. So Cody challenging or sorry, chilling, one John Cena by bringing back the open challenge format. I absolutely, absolutely love everything about this. This is amazing, truly, truly amazing, and could not be a better way of putting over Cody as a feel-good, babyface, great wrestling. Champion that he is slated to be. Next up, we had a match where it was announced that the winner would face the AEW World Tag Team Champions for the titles next week. As the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent, will get their shot at Fighter Fest. So, in between, the champions are going to have another match. So, they will face the winners of the team of Jimmy Havoc and Superbad Kip Sabian, or the team of SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian. This was a very, very good match, as you would expect from all of these competitors. In the end, it was the team of Jimmy Havoc and Superbad Kip Sabian Who gets the victory here after Superbad Penelope Ford, the fiance of Superbad Kip Sabian, gets involved by grabbing the leg of Kazarian, causing Kazarian to lose momentum, then allowing Sabian and Havoc to pick up the victory. I like this decision because, one, this is not the typical showcase match because we all know the page and Omega are not going to lose the tag team titles here because all the money over the last little while has been in this feud with best friends. So they're not going to pull out the rug from underneath it. But instead of just like WWE does, wanting to have their champions in a match before they have their big match that they build up to and have it be a non-title match, no, they're actually putting the titles on the line. There is an issue there with the AEW ranking system because that's supposed to be a thing where you get shots and you move up the ratings board, but that seems to have been slowly phased out by AEW, so I don't know what the future of that is, so I like this. Simply because I've always said, for as long as I've ever talked about professional wrestling, whether it be here on the internet or back in the old days on hotlines in Dayton, Ohio, I've always said that champions should not be featured on wrestling programming unless they're putting their title on the line. And twice on this show, with the TNT champion, Cody, and the AEW World Tag Team Championship match announced for next week, we had that backed up by AEW, that is brilliant, I love it, and finally, to establish that first challenger for Cody and the TNT Championship next week, because we just Learned this week that it was an open challenge So if there's going to be A TNT championship match next week We kind of have to know Who Cody's opponent is going to be So we saw Battle Royal Which featured the likes Of Jungle Boy Billy Gunn Brandon Cutler Christopher Daniels Boom Boom Cult Cabana Luchasaurus Luther, Marco Stunt MJF Wardlow Orange Cassidy Peter Avalon, and Sonny Kiss. In the end, it came down to MJF and Jungle Boy as well as who did Jungle Boy eliminate? I can't remember. I know it was MJF and Wardlow. Or, oh, it was Orange Cassidy. So it came down to MJF, Wardlow, Jungle Boy, and Orange Cassidy. I do apologize for that sort of trying to remember live on the air with all of you. Anyway, those four men were the final four participants, and they kept that plate spinning between MJF and Cody. It looked like MJF was going to go ahead and already get his shot against Cody, But they did the smart thing. They held off on that. They had miscommunication between MJF and Wardlow, which cost them. MJF thinks he's won the match, only to have Orange Cassidy, who was hiding out at ringside and waited till the last minute to get in this match, actually be the one to distract them, which then caused Jungle Boy... To be able to eliminate both of them So the finals of the match Was Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy Great match And Orange Cassidy Cody match Down the line Would be a lot of fun A lot of fun But maybe Orange Cassidy Is going to have another match Before we see him with Cody More on that in a minute But this was a really good final And Jungle Boy gets the victory so it's going to be jungle boy jack perry next week taking on tnt champion cody for the tnt championship i really like this the only issue that i have with this is why didn't jungle boy beat mjf at double or nothing if you're then going to put jungle boy in this spot against Cody. I get that MJF is undefeated, and I get the long-term game is MJF and Cody, but if you're going to go with Jungle Boy in between to build Jungle Boy up, it doesn't make sense for him to be coming off a loss on your big pay-per-view to then be rewarded with a title shot. But that is just me being a nitpicky old-school wrestling fan, and I could actually say the same thing about champion Akira Shida because I would have liked to seen her in more of a women's match against an established star rather than a newcomer, which subsequently became a jobber match. I would have liked to seen build toward what her first storyline was going to be in AEW with that women's title And one thing I did forget Before I get into the main event I realized that I just now forgot this Or just now realized that I forgot this A little bit of a backwards talk there for you Don't you just love English? But yeah, I just remembered that I accidentally lost over this Dr. Brett Becker, DMD Came out for the rules Of a role model segment Where she put herself over, talked about a conspiracy theory in the women's division with Aubrey Edwards, how Aubrey Edwards is involved every time something goes wrong for her, every time she's been injured ever so slightly. I really, really like this. Really does a beautiful job of keeping Baker involved while she is injured, and thankfully, the doctor announces that she will be back for All Out this September, which is much, much sooner than the initial reports said that she would be out for. It said the injuries were going to be much, much more long-term for Britt Baker, so that is very, very good news. And finally, the main event slot of the night went to a pep rally for the Inner Circle as Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle tried to build themselves back up, get themselves back, feeling good about who they are and what they're doing after losing to the elite at Double or Nothing. They throw out t-shirts that they made which proclaim them the winners of Stadium Stampede. They ordered way too many of them, so they tried to throw them out to the crowd, only to have the face workers in the crowd throw it right back to them. It was brilliant. They had the Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders involved, along with Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero was the head cheerleader for this segment, which was just hilarious. The inner circle comes out and builds each other up in different ways. Chris Jericho gives Sammy Guevara a scooter to replace his crunches. Jake Hager quotes a poem that he wrote where he is just trying to make the inner circle feel better about their friendship, only to then say he's going to murder everyone and enjoy doing it, which was hilarious. Ortiz gets headphones to subsequent the ring in his ears from the stadium stampede match, just a lot of elements that work great here. And then the final gift of this segment was supposed to be Sammy Guevara gifting Chris Jericho a cheese platter and a little bit of the bubbly, only to have a little bit of the bubbly and the cheese nowhere to be found as it had been previously consumed by Mike Tyson and his team as Tyson comes out to confront Jericho after when Jericho earlier on in the segment was asked by Sammy Guevara what do you really want Chris and Chris says I want Mike Tyson's head on a planner I haven't forgotten what Mike Tyson did to me back in 2010 on a Monday night betraying me and knocking me out Tyson said you deserved it when he came out, that is, he said, you deserved it, Jericho, you stole the championship, you deserved me to punk you out that night, and Tyson's entourage is apparently, from what I've read today, was full of former UFC fighters, yours truly is not a UFC fan, UFC just does nothing for me, so I do apologize that I don't know who these names are but apparently, that is what indeed, or that, yeah, sorry, that is indeed what was the case. He was flanked by a bunch of well known UFC fighters, which I really like because it helps to know that if Mike Tyson's going to enter in a feud with a big faction of wrestlers, of course, he's going to have his own backup. With him, and of course, he's not going to announce it prior to AEW announcing that this was their plan. So, all, on, all in all, I really, really like the way this segment went down. I think Tyson versus Jericho is a money match, even though I feel like Tyson might be a little bit after his time now as far as being a main attraction in the sport of boxing. He is that big name that people do recognize. So I am all about the potential that this thing is going to bring. And you know what? Go ahead and do it. If this is where the money is for you right now, go ahead and do it. I don't have a bit of a problem with it, and I think it was a very – very strong ending for aw dynamite so do let me know either in the comment section down below on the replay if you're watching the video version or via our email or social media at in ring reality everywhere or at in reality at gmail.com of course what you thought of this week's show of course, you can follow me personally on social media as well. All those links are down below in the description as well. If you'd like to follow me, it's just at Josh is everywhere. And then at Becky Lynch is the GOAT if you're a big Becky Lynch fan and you enjoy Instagram. And I will be back in mere moments live with the NXT review for this week. So, Stay tuned for that, and as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be, so make the choice to go out and do something great today.